Jack Twist. Ennis. You folks just stop at Ennis? Delmar. Well, nice to know you, Ennis Delmar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What Did You Think? Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on every week and we uh, will discuss a new movie that we just watched for the first time. This week, um, I actually am calling someone in. It is a re- first returning guest for the show. This is my girlfriend, Aksana, and she is calling all the way in from Milan right now, where it is currently 11 a.m. So how about you introduce yourself this time? Hi, I'm Aksana. <laughs> I've been on the show before. Now I'm calling in again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, okay, so let's just get right in. The movie we watched today was Brokeback Mountain. Um and let me just to give a brief summary. This movie takes place over maybe like two decades, starting in the 60s and ending in the 80s. Uh, it is basically a cowboy named Jack Twist, by, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, a ranch man, I don't know, Ennis, who is played by Heath Ledger. And they started sheep herders in Wyoming. Uh, and broke back mountain and then eventually they develop a relationship over time and they have to deal with the consequences of that and how they cannot be with each other and how their wives have to deal with that i don't know how well i explained that but uh <laughs> and this will be a spoiler filled podcast but uh before we do that let's just go uh, spoiler free thoughts so Oksana, what did you think of this movie Oh, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very engaging, um, which, I don't know, like, it's... I wouldn't even say that it feels like it would be engaging. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's, like, a whole lot of, like, big, like, action plots, but it's also, like, heartbreaking that you just, like, want to know, like, what's going to happen. hmm Interesting. Um... Yeah, no, it's definitely very engaging. Um, I love the movie. Um, yeah, no, I think the plot was really interesting and the acting was amazing. And it's just, a, it's a very like tragic story, um, really, of Heath Ledger's character mm-hmm. and how he is like stuck between these two worlds and doesn't know how to fit in with either and doesn't know what to make of it. Um, but yeah, we'll just get right in, I guess, to some of our thoughts. Uh, so we'll just go straight into the spoiler section. So if you haven't seen the movie, just go away and come back when you have. Um, so uh, let's just start off. I wrote down a lot of notes. Um, I guess we'll talk about the cast real quick. Um, I actually had no idea how like good this cast was. Um, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger were amazing. Um and they they're always good and everything. But I didn't know Anne Hathaway or Michelle Williams or Linda Cardellini and David Harbour and Kate Mara are all in that. Um Yeah, it was a great cast. <laughs> um you know, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, so it's good to try I don't know, just good to see him mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> Had you see, you've seen um, Heath Ledger before, right? Yeah, you saw you seen The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, I thought they were really good. Um, I guess we'll talk about like the 
what like, I didn't really like Anne Hathaway <laughs> in this movie. I've never really liked her. I don't think she's a really good actress. Really? Um, I think she was like really Hathaway. bad in this movie. Her accent is atrocious. <laughs> but I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really bad. I thought a lot of the accents were kind of sad. Yeah, I think particularly it was with like all the girls that were in this movie. All their accents were like, yeah, bad. That's true. Like, Michelle Williams' accent was really bad, too. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about Michelle Williams in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts on Michelle Williams. Um, But, you know, Anna Faris' accent was, like, also (laughs) really bad. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Um, But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, he was, like, really good. Um, And then, like, David Harbour was in it from, like, Stranger Things. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. He was like uh, Anna Ferris's husband, like when Jake Gyllenhaal was like at some like party, at uh, some dinner like event. Uh, or whatever, and he goes and with Anna okay, I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's David Harbour, pre pre fame, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of like actresses and actors I feel like that were in this movie. I guess they're all before they were like famous, like Randy Quaid. I guess he was already famous, but like Linda Cardellini. Is a like, like girl from Freaks and Geeks, like Kate Mara, yeah, yeah. um, like from House of Cards and stuff, um, yeah, um, we're <laughs> talking about Michelle Williams though, so <laughs> we both have like I think a similar opinion on her, right? Because <laughs> yeah, we, we, we yeah, both definitely. saw Manchester by the Sea together. What did you think? What did you think of her performance in that? <laughs> I thought she was the worst part of Manchester by the Sea. Like, not to be, like, too harsh, but, like, she was, I felt like her whole scene, like, I just wanted to, like, laugh. Like, when she's, mm-hmm. she can't remember the scene exactly. With but the like Oscar scene. I think they showed it in like, the it's Oscars. It's, like, one big scene, and, like, I want to laugh at her. Yeah. I think she may be bad at, like, And I felt similar about this acting. movie. It's, like, every time she was emotional, I was, like, it was so unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we have very hot takes on Michelle Williams because she's like a very beloved actress. <laughs> she has like, I think she's like won like multiple Oscars for some of her roles. But I've also seen her in Blue Valentine, which is like a movie with Ryan Gosling and her, and like it takes place like of a failing relationship essentially. And she's fantastic in that movie. So <laughs> I really don't know what to make of her because <laughs> she has potential to be really good. And she's in a lot of smaller movies that I haven't really seen. But in Manchester by the Sea, she was really bad. And I think in this movie, she was, like, both good and bad at the same time, if that makes sense. Like, there were some scenes <laughs> when she would cry were, like, really, really bad. <laughs> and, like, she had no, like, depth yeah. to her character. Like, I didn't give a shit about her for most of this movie. Well, I feel, I mean, I haven't seen Blue Valentine, but I feel like the problem I have is anytime, yeah, anytime she has to cry, that's when I'm, like, what are you doing? Like, that is, like, it almost makes me, like, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like someone's fake crying. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I haven't seen Blue Valentine, so I don't know, like, what her character was like, but I'm just thinking of the movies I've seen her in, and it's, like, she's supposed to be some kind of, like, submissive, emotional, like, kind of, like, woman, and she's supposed to cry, and, like, I just never like the way she does it. Yeah. I mean, in, like, Blue Valentine, she, like, definitely is, like, sad and cries, but I don't, it's just, like, it played totally differently, so I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of her. Is she good? Is she bad? She's, like, the Nicolas Cage <laughs> actresses. <laughs> like, 
Um, we can move on from her. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> um, what I thought was really interesting about this movie is like, I would say the first 30 minutes of this movie is just, there's, I think there's only three actors in the, f- the whole first 30 minutes. I mean, there's like the, like whatever the, the mm-hmm. boss guy who sets them out on their like, uh, like sheep herding adventure. And then after that, after like the first two minutes of him talking, it's just, the two of them for like the next half hour and you just like really see their relationship like slowly and gradually develop. Yeah. I definitely think that's like, that's like those first 30 minutes are almost like essential to the movie because they don't, like you have to see how like their lives progress separately and how like rarely they really get to spend time together. And like, if you don't have those first 30 minutes of really building up like a friendship and then having that turn into a romance and like, having that strong connection, I really don't think that this movie would have, like, you would have been confused almost, like, why they were so hung up on each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, so, I I was loving it for, like, the first half hour. I was like, this is, like, great. Like, it's, like, so, like, it's you, it's very gradual. Like, you can kind of tell, like, they're getting more and more comfortable with each other. Like, they went from, like, complete strangers to, like, getting better. But all of a sudden, like, the first sex scene they have, totally threw me off guard <laughs> like i don't know how that played for you yeah i would say the same thing with me too actually like it's like it did feel a little forced yeah like it just seems so fast like all this like like it made sense like okay he's cold outside so they're gonna bring him into the tent like okay that makes sense and then all of a sudden in the middle of the night he just grabs his arm and like hold like like cuddles with him for like maybe five seconds and then he like gets up takes off his jacket and like tries to rape him <laughs> it seems like and all of a sudden Heath Ledger I guess <laughs> no, is like suddenly into rapey it to me too like yeah, I didn't want to say that but like, it felt kind of rapey yeah I was like oh my because god it goes I didn't on this like movie. Jake Gyllenhaal's face and it doesn't really look like he's enjoying it yeah they're both like half sleeping and then like all of a sudden Heath Ledger just dominates him <laughs> just like like oh what what is happening it's like i don't know like i didn't really feel super realistic to me but like I, I don't know like i'm not like in their shoes so like i i maybe it was just like this like pent up like like animalistic kind of thing like they were like both had been out there for like a long time and like like they just like had all this like sexual energy that they like needed to like release or something and like I just didn't yeah. like realize that when it was it didn't happening. Feel, like, and it romantic just, at all, yeah. Yeah, it felt like very like I don't know. It didn't feel like they like loved each other or like really liked each other. It was more like they're alone and like they needed that. Like it definitely felt like they loved each other yeah. later on. No, but I agree. At, at the beginning it definitely felt very like animalistic and like like a like a mm-hmm. necessity or something, you know. So I don't really know. I, it's like it was like. So I, maybe I was you really have to think like, like you're saying it's coming across like they've been like oh it's just like this like pent up like sexual frustration but like you know the the characters are gay so they've it's basically been this pent up sexual frustration for their entire lives. Right. So maybe that's why it comes across that way. Yeah, but also, like, they both didn't seem to realize that they were gay. <laughs> like, afterward, they were both, like, saying that, like, I'm, well, I'm not gay. I'm, like, I'm not gay either. Like, it was just, like, it seemed like it was, like, very conscious decision. Well, I don't they think made, they were, but... like, I, I think it would have been unrealistic for them to sit there and, like, confess their love for each other and be, like, because it's such, like, a different time that, like, mm. I think they wanted to believe that it's, like, oh, we're just these two guys, like, we don't have any women, so, like, that's why this happens. Like, they don't want to believe it's 
Yeah, no, I, I completely understand, like, why after, like, the next day they were, like, regretting it almost and, like, denying that they, like, they wouldn't, like, come to terms with what, like, they did. But I, I don't know. Just, like, the whole situation just seemed, like, kind of strange. But I don't know. Like, I just, like... But I do think a part of that could also just be that, like, the actors weren't gay. So maybe it was, like, they couldn't have that same chemistry with each other, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like it was definitely, like, intentional, like... I don't know, they had, like, the relationship between them was almost, like, this, like, 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 sit, like, brotherly bond, like, not, but, like, they, like, the way they would, like, mm-hmm. wrestle and, like, horse around with each other and just, like, it was, like, a very mm-hmm. manly relationship, <laughs> like, they were both, like, very manly men and they had, like, this, I don't know, it was, yeah. so I guess, maybe it was just, like, no, the I purpose mean, of it, it is, like, it's like, it feel very, like, brotherly at times. Yeah. And so, like, maybe the point of that is, like, there's, like, this kind of, like, shock aspect to it. Like, it's just, like, a you, like a different perspective of a relationship that you wouldn't normally see. Like, it, it like, mm-hmm. like, you're normally, you're used to, like, this romantic kind of relationship of, like, not to say that this wasn't romantic, but just, like, this, like, loving, submissive kind of relationship. And then they're, like, these both two men who, like, both want to play the man role almost. And, like, mm-hmm. the point of that is to, like be a little jarring or maybe that's just me like not relating to them or something i don't know maybe yeah but yeah um we can move on from that i also want to point out that um i think this was intentional but the the clothes they were wearing at the beginning i'm not sure about like later on but at the beginning um jake gyllenhaal would wear blue and like keith ledger would wear orange which like directly contrasts each other and i know a lot of movies try to use this Mm -hmm. blue and orange shade um to like represent like contrasts and so I guess I'm assuming the purpose of that is, like, at the beginning, um, they're, like, strangers and the complete opposites. And I think that kind of the color yeah. difference went away as they, like, got closer and closer together. Um, I didn't really pay attention to it, like, the whole movie. But I think it, like, slowly they would stop wearing, like, complete opposite shades of each other and it became more, like, uh, unified. Which is just really, it was, like, a cool attention to detail, I think, they added. Yeah, if, also, if you have any if you have any points that you, like, want to... Go and you feel free to chime in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're good. I, I, it was a little hard for me to hear you, so that's why I'm like, I'm like quiet. But yeah, we can move on. Um, just a few other like random notes before getting some like deeper stuff. Um, I felt, at least at the beginning, I, maybe this isn't so relevant now, but I feel like at the beginning, the, the film didn't really focus on like the setting or like the background quite as much. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, they definitely showed, like, where they were and, like, how they were in, like, Brokeback Mountain and the mountains and stuff. But, like, it didn't feel like they were, like, showing it to, like, glorify it necessarily. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just like, when they showed the back, really? like, the, the backdrop, it felt like it was just there as, like, uh, like, just, like, part of the world they were living in. But not, like, to be like, wow, look at this, like, beautiful, like, cinematography. Yeah, and I, I did notice that, too, actually, because, like when they would go back it was a lot like the scenery was so much more beautiful and like the water was clear mm-hmm. yeah no and as it went on later in the movie i think it got it was maybe the per- so maybe i'm reaching but I, th- I feel like the purpose of all of that is like the beginning they're trying to focus on this these these two characters and their, their d- development and so they don't want to focus on the background to like develop the characters in the relationship so you focus on that but then i guess as the movie goes on and they are struggling to like maintain this relationship and like hiding it that they 
when they go back, this is like the scenery becomes so much more beautiful because now they're like focused on this like reminiscence of the past. Maybe that also may just be totally well, made up. And this, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess I thought like a similar thing. Like when they first go there, they don't want to be there, but it's like they have to work. This is what they have to do, and so they're not paying attention. But then, like because they found each other, when they go back, this is kind of their escape and their chance to really like be together. Mm-hmm. So of course, it's going to be like, more beautiful. It's almost like a heaven for them. Yeah, no, I, I like that like perspective too. Um, yeah, it definitely it feels like this like oasis. Like they would always go back to the same spot, like in Wyoming, um, and like even like at the end of the movie when like Jake Joan Hall like says he wants his ashes to be buried up in Brokeback Mountain. It's like to represent mm-hmm. like this like this beauty that he found there, um, which is not something they focus on at the beginning of the movie because they hadn't like found that yet. Um, so maybe that was the purpose of all of all of that, but. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Other things. Um, there's like there was one scene where they had a they had to go after the storm. They had to go like rattle back in the the sheep, and they were just like the way they were bringing the sheep was just like this very like cruel to the animals. <laughs> it's like I just kind of like it bothered me in the movie, but I guess it's just like part of the, like the the movie and the characters at the time. But it's just like yeah. All right. Um, there's one quote that I found, or like that, that you mentioned. It was when, uh, when he after like they moved on and they went back. Um, Michelle Williams and Heath Ledger when they get married, <laughs> the like the <laughs> minister or whatever he said, "You may kiss the bride. Yeah, if you don't, like, if you I don't will. Kiss her, I will. That was weird. <laughs> like, like what was that? Like that's not a, that's such a weird like, and creepy thing to say. That, that was- the weirdest thing. I was like, is there like some deeper meaning? Like, ha, ah, like you won't kiss the bride because you're gay. Like, it's just like, it's like a little nod to the audience. Like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will. <laughs> it was just so weird. <laughs> Such a like a jarring line. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that at the beginning. Yeah, of the no, it, it caught me off guard too. I was like, because they like laugh at it. I was like, that wasn't like if someone said that to me at my wedding day, like, I'd be like, um, what? Like, yeah, it's just like a weird joke. I don't know. <laughs> and then like, no, they didn't really address it or anything. But like, it's like, no, well, maybe it's purposeful, and they're like trying to, <laughs> like, it's like this little thing to the audience. But oh, I hope not. not. <laughs> Actually, I kind of hope so because it was such like a weird line. I hope they don't think that was like a really funny joke. Yeah, I don't know. They definitely should have like cut that line. I feel like it's just like. I just, like, want to know more about that minister. Like, why are you so weird, man? Like, <laughs> there's so much more depth they could have gotten this with this guy. Um, <laughs> um, I also, I do want to talk about the music for a little bit. Earlier on, I was the kind of thinking the music was, like, a little repetitive. They would keep playing this, like, one little, like, little arc, this little, like, country twang arc that would just, like, go on. And, like, every time, mm-hmm. I guess it was the theme of Jake Jones and Heath Ledger together, so that's why they kept playing it a lot. But it was, like, every time they would, like, hug, it would just be, like, this little, like, four-note little, like, thing. Yeah, and I'm shy what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. like, I, it's in my head. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, it's, like, stuck in my head now. But it, like, just kept playing it over and over again. <laughs> but after it moved on for, like, the first half hour, it was just, like, I kind of appreciate the repetition because then when they go back to it and they like reunite, like I was familiar with that theme and it, it felt like I was back at the beginning of the movie when they were together. So like it kind of it had this nice yeah. like callback. No, um, I felt the same way because even I think they play it like at the end, 
mm-hmm. when he when they're not like together together he's like holding um his jacket right at the very end don't they play it again yeah no they do and so like i think it had been a while since they had played those like that music and so when it like came back it does like it feels very like nostalgic yeah no i think that was like the totally the purpose of it and the way they would like crescendo Mm -hmm. with that part like when it would be like the most vulnerable and like most like lonely i guess like it would just it would build like every Mm -hmm. time like when michelle williams like first found out that like heath ledger was like with him and she like sees him from the like Mm -hmm. the front door or whatever that that same theme comes back and it like builds and then they use it again at the end of the movie yeah um so I, th- I actually ended up really liking the score as it moved on. And also, uh, towards the end of the movie, the the score, like, the style of it changed. Before, it was almost entirely, like, acoustic guitar. And it was, like, this very, like, country, like, picturesque, like, fields. And, like, just, like, the style of it was, like, it was a very particular type of style. And then as it moved on, it became more, like, I guess, like, cinematic, maybe? Or, like, I don't know. It just, like, mm-hmm. it changed. And it, it, I think it added to the movie definitely, and just like the like the feeling that you're supposed to give for it, because um, when that when that guitar would come back in and they bring back that theme, it like became more noticeable because it was a different style from what they use like later on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah like you know a lot more about like the score and stuff, but I, even I was able to notice that, so mm-hmm. it was very purposeful. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, I, I've always believed that, like, a score, at least for me personally, a score, um, you need a, a score to, like, make a movie, like, a favorite for me. Like, a movie can be great, and I can, like, really love a movie, but when there's, like, no score, and there's, like, it, like there's a certain, like, emotion missing for it for me. Like, when I think of, like, all my favorite films, like, the score is always so memorable to me and like I can listen to that score and then hear a song and remember the part in the movie and it's there's this weird connection that the music has with like the characters and I think this movie like totally plays to that like the way they develop themes throughout the movie um it's just definitely something I definitely mm-hmm. can go back and listen to and like know where that song was in the movie and I think this adds a lot more to the emotion like I can now just hear just like the audio of that song and feel like more of that emotion but i don't know that's just me um i don't know (laughs) and another another thing is just like a little film thing i always kind of like notice in movies is there's like this uh i guess like a like theory or idea in film that like ever at the one hour mark of every movie there's some sort of like big climactic event it's not like the climax, but it's like this big action point, like a point that would yeah. stand out in the movie as plot a whole. Point one, right? What'd you say? Just be plot point one. Um, yeah, I guess at so. The um, yeah, but at the hour mark, and in this movie, it was like the scene with Michelle Williams um, finding out, like about Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal being together, um, which is really interesting because it kind of moved, it shifted the plot almost. It like it before is about Mm -hmm. the relationship and then it kind of moved a bit more into like michelle williams's like thoughts and how she just chooses not to say anything about the relationship for like years um and Mm -hmm. she's like kind of bites the bullet and just like is like depressed and like doesn't know how to cope with that um 
Yeah. So it was just like it was just, it was a very no, like noticeable change. I feel like. No, I definitely think like that really added to the story because I feel like you're watching this and like through most of it you feel like so much heartbreak that they can't like be together and they can't just like you know love who they want to love. But then you also see that like the fact that there's this like stigma around like being gay for them and that that's, this is something they have to hide. They're not just hurting themselves, but they're also hurting like other people mm-hmm. and like you know they're for like they get, they marry women that they don't truly love and like those women are hurt in the process of it so they're not just hurting themselves but like it's causing them to hurt others because they don't really have a choice yeah no absolutely I th- I, that's like one of the discussion points i kind of want to go into which we can go into now is just like finding out that like your significant other is gay I think that's something like we've talked about just like as a hypothetical before, just like, um, like yeah. how you would feel from like reacting to that. And I know you kind of think that like, um, it would be worse than just finding out that like you cheated on someone. But if you found out like that they were gay too, like, it, well, it, yeah, for, hmm? yeah, for me, like if you like told me you were gay, like obviously if I, I would accept you and like, I'd still love you, but I think it it would hurt more to me knowing that you never truly loved me in the way that I loved you. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so like heartbreaking is like you, I don't, it's, I think it's such a hard position to be in because obviously people should have the right to kind of like explore their sexuality and like love who they want to love. But it's hard when you, if you're going to end up being the person that gets played with a little bit, you know? And so I definitely felt for Michelle Williams' character because she was getting taken advantage of. And it wasn't her fault, and it wasn't, like, I wouldn't even say it was, like, Ennis or Jack's fault that they were doing this, but rather it's just it's a bit this idea of, like, <laughs> not accepting them for who they were. They, this is what they had to do. And, like, like I said, just to me, I think it made the movie way more interesting they would include that because it makes the message like way stronger especially because when this movie came out there really wasn't like there wasn't like a big movie like mainstream movie that would display a gay couple as like such like a dramatic romance like this that would be taken seriously it wasn't like they weren't funny characters they weren't like stereotypical in any sense it was just very like raw and very real yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that discussion of, like, finding out that, like, the person you loved is, like, gay, I think is a very interesting discussion. And I would almost argue, though, that, like, even though you find out, I think they also play to this in the movie, is that, like, he definitely still very much cares about her. And it's still a love. It's just a different type of love. Like... It's a different type of love, yeah. But, like... You're you're always like thinking that like when if you if you found out that like your significant other would be gay that like they don't love you like that, but it's like it's still like they would love you. It's just like not in like a physical way necessarily. Like they can still love you as a person, and there's like still... yeah, but that's still mm-hmm. but yeah. I love all like my, my friends as people, but I love my significant other like in a different way and like a very different way obviously and so to know that what thinking that you had something special with someone 
and like it's you were the only one that thought that I think is that's what would hurt because like all this this time you thought you had this like special romantic connection with someone when in reality they loved you more like just family yeah but I also think that's part of the conflict that like Heath Ledger ends up facing is like he realizes that she feels that way, but he still loves her and he doesn't know how to like, uh, like effectively show her that almost like he like breaks down and that's yeah. like with Jake Hall, and he just like can't handle it because he's like stuck in between these two worlds. Like he loves Jake Hall and he wants to be with him, but he also has responsibilities and he loves his wife and he doesn't like, he defends her. Like he's like, well, why don't you just like divorce her? And he, he defends mm-hmm. her for like a long time before she ends up like splitting with him. Um, and I, yeah, I, see I it being find very it interesting because both, Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, character is very much like the dreamer, you know, like he's saying mm-hmm. like we should just run away together, we could like start our own little ranch, and like I feel like he resents Heath Ledger's character by like thinking it's like oh you just didn't you were too afraid to come be with me, and I think there is like some truth to that. Like when Heath Ledger talks about like his like how he saw those like two old guys who had like ranch together when he was a kid but I think a big part of it is also like he thought you like he loves his like children and he doesn't want to leave them versus like I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal's character like didn't even like care about his son or his wife it's just like yeah they're there but like I'd leave them in a heartbeat yeah and I think that's that's what's most interesting about I think about this movie is like the, the dynamic and the differences between like Gyllenhaal and Ledger's character is that um like Hall, he is like the total opposite of Heath Ledger in a sense like he wants mm-hmm. to be with him and he's always the one that's been pushing for the ranch and he like wants to like, give up his life and his marriage and be with him and just like live in a happy life whereas Heath Ledger is trying to focus on um like sticking to what like society dictates and like being responsible for his wife and his kids and he doesn't want to leave that life and he's like afraid of what like people will judge of him, and um, whereas like Joan Hall, like not even judging, after... but he's like afraid for his life. Yeah, yeah, um, and then it's like Joan Hall, like he even wants to be buried like in the mountains, like where Brokeback Mountain is, and it's it's like this like fairy tale almost. Like he has this like unrealistic expectation for the time, at least from like maybe mm-hmm. Leather's perspective, just like. He knows he can never do that, and that's what's so hard for Ledger is this conflict he has because he's struggling. He wants to be with Joan Hall, but he can't. Whereas Joan Hall just wants to be with him, and he thinks he can, but he really can't. Yeah, and he ends up like and you can never like, doing that. I think that's also like when you find out that Jake Joan Hall's character died. It's also like it's so hard because you know that he died thinking that like Heath Ledger didn't. I feel like I'm, I should use the character names, but Heath Ledger's character, like, didn't love him the same way, which, like, it wasn't like that at all, but it was, like you said, like, I feel like Ennis was trying to be very, like, realistic about what it would, the sacrifices they'd have to make in order to be together, and, like, he wasn't willing to give up on his children, you know, in order to do that, versus Jake Gyllenhaal just, like you said, he was living in this, like, dream world, Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's it's really sad because like Joan Hall ends up 
he's the one that dies still dreaming and like Heath mm-hmm. Ledger is the one that has to live with the struggle still for the rest of his life of like this like thing yeah. and like he ends up like living in a trailer and he is separated from his family and is like he it was, was so sad and like what makes this such like a horrible tragedy is that like his daughter comes and visits him and he still she's he thinks that like she's still dating this guy from like two years ago he doesn't even know about this new guy and she's about to marry him so she he's completely separated yeah. from like his life with his family but he's also completely separated from Hall mm-hmm. and he can never be with him he's like he's just completely isolated from both at the same time and he keeps like this jacket and this photo in his closet and he's just reminiscent of both past because he, he his whole life he struggled between the two and he ended up deciding on none yeah and he's like left with he didn't nothing. really have either yeah i think that is like such a strong message especially for like just the gay community of like how people are often stuck in between these crossroads of like being a part of the family and trying to fit in with like this, like these values your parents have set in and like trying to, to raise a family and like be the I guess like the norm of what society wants you to be and then instead of being like happy and being in this dream world that this fairy tale land of what Brokeback Mountain is like trying to represent um and mm-hmm. oftentimes like people end up like being left with nothing well and yeah and I, I would say that Jack's character like even though he's very much like a dreamer and maybe isn't the most like realistic I think he would argue that like he'd rather be killed like you know murdered Mm -hmm. for being who he was than staying in that in between like because you can tell even his like parents knew that he was gay because he would always talk about how like oh I'm gonna bring Ennis to the ranch and then when it wasn't Ennis it was someone else like Mm -hmm. like, his parents definitely knew yeah um that yeah that was another thing i wanted to bring up i feel like he wasn't really trying to hide he didn't really like even in the beginning he says it's no one's business like when they after the first time they have sex he's like it's no one's business what we do Mm -hmm. yeah that was another thing i I was gonna ask but i guess that's uh, you already kind of answered that is that do jack's parents know because they definitely hint at it um and you seem to think they do Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I don't know if they like. I don't think he ever told them necessarily. I think they just kind of picked it up, and they no, kind of I assume. No, I don't think so. You think they? Yeah. To- you think he told them? No, I think I think they just kind of figured it out. But that scene was the most interesting to me because I felt like the father, like Jack's father, was like angry and like disappointed and like pretty much just. I mean, I got the impression that he was disgusted. Versus I felt like Jack's mother still had, like, so much, like, warmth and compassion. And, like, you know, she gives him the jacket and she's telling him, like, come visit whenever you want. Like, like for her, I I feel like it was kind of the sign of, like, okay, there is, like, hope for acceptance because not everyone is going to be like that. Yeah, exactly. I think that really, I think that scene really opened up Ennis's eyes, like Heath Ledger's character, because... I think until then he didn't he couldn't comprehend that anyone could accept like who he was like he was always afraid of like what the people mm-hmm. in the town would think of him and like what like his family would think of him and his parents and so on so I think seeing Hall's parents being mm-hmm. so accepting like was just really this eye opener and it's like this this light into like a hope that he might have um 
but again, he never so really did you reached think it. That Jack's dad was ex- was also accepting. I mean, to a certain extent, like I guess he's, he still wanted Jack to be buried in in like the family plot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like he can't be loved by Heath Ledger. It's almost like. He still he just pref- he is prioritizing his own love for his family over his relationship. It just doesn't necessarily mean that he's like not accepting. But I don't know. Do you think? What do you think? Well, I got the impression that Jack's dad was not accepting, and that contrasted how like his mom was. Because I feel like in a way, like his mom could have come across as like not knowing that anything was up, but, like, seeing the contrast between the two characters' reactions to, like, Ennis coming to visit really showed that, like, his mom kind of knew, and she was, like, you know, she just loved her son, and that's what was important to her. Mm. And I feel like it shows... It also makes you think about, like, how Jack was raised, if, like, he was raised with a mother like that how, like, it makes sense why he just wants to, like, be happy versus, like, Ennis's character. Like, he didn't really have that growing up. He was alone, basically. So he was always just trying to fit in and, like, survive, basically. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, I get it. I think, it, yeah. So I guess maybe the scene where his mom is being, the mom is being so accepting is, like, this hope that he gets but then maybe the dad by saying he mm-hmm. still needs to be buried in the family plot is kind of almost like yes there is hope and there is like potential for like the future of being accepting in the world but like it's not yet mm-hmm. and like the dad is like not quite there yeah. um and so maybe that's kind of a, an additional point they're trying to make is that just in society that mm-hmm. there's progress that is being made but it's just not there yet um but there's like hope because, and also with this movie, just makes me think about it, like, you know, there's, like, National Coming Out Day, and there's, like, I feel like there's two kind of different, like, approaches to this idea, where some people are saying, you know, it doesn't matter what your situation is, you should just come out, because that's, like, by doing that, you're going to have to, like, force people to accept you, almost, and it's going to become more normal, or, but then there are also kids who are in situations where if they, like, were to come out to their parents, they would be homeless. So it's like, what are you supposed to pick when you're put in that situation? And I feel like it. I feel like this movie only almost like shows almost both sides. Like I wouldn't say Jack was really like proud of like who he was, but like he was more concerned about just being true to himself versus like Heath Ledger's character was more concerned about like trying to like keep himself and his family safe. And Jack safe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Heath Ledger's character was definitely trying to be like this like logical thing for the time. And like he kind of was almost more like realistic, I guess, about like what he could get out of life. But it's also just kind of the perspective you take with mm-hmm. it. Like it's just more of a pessimistic perspective to be like, oh, well, yeah, of course he's being like more realistic. Like there's never like hope. There's never like that's a fairy tale of like being in Brokeback Mountain. Like there's no way. But there's also the perspective like of mm-hmm. Jack's side where it's he always had hope and he he believed that there was a world that they could both be happy and like live in a ranch together. 
So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's, it really depends on the way you just look at the movie. Um, I think Jack's character may be a little naive, but I am inclined to like side with him. And it's just because it, it's just mm-hmm. such a deep tragedy to like watch Ledger's character just fall through the whole movie. Like he just, it's just like he oh, he keeps falling and he's left with nothing at the end. He's left with no family and like, I mean, not really a, like a disconnected family. And then he's left without like yeah. Jack. And it's just, it's, it's really depressing to watch. And it's almost just like saying that this perspective that he has is like it's a it's a hopeless perspective. Like you should be more optimistic, like Jack was. Um, I would see like the ending. I wanted to ask you what you like thought because like the last line is like Jack, I swear, and I thought that was just such an interesting like ending to the movie because I it's like it's an incomplete sentence, and I just wonder like what he meant because. I don't think they've ever they ever said like I love you in the movie. They never like really said that they were gay. Yeah. It was just like understood. And so even at the end of the movie when like Ennis is he's all alone and he's like thinking about like Jack and looking at his stuff, all he says is Jack, I swear, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't pick I didn't remember that last line. Um yeah, so I was looking. He he touches the shirt and he says, "Jack, I swear." Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's like this empty promise that he like he he wants to like fulfill his wish of like being with him, or like that he'll never forget him, mm-hmm. or I don't know. Or maybe it's just like yeah, Jack has taught him this valuable lesson, and he he swears that he won't like lose that lesson. Like he'll take it, and if he he'll try and like move on and find some sort of happiness or love in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I think there, I, you can definitely interpret it like just a million ways. Um, I, I don't know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, well, like I said, they never really said that, like, they never said to each other, at least that we see in the film, like, I love you. Or they, there's no, like, confession of feelings. It's just very much, like, understood between each other. And I felt like maybe there was, like, there's, even in their own minds, like, there, there's some, they're holding back a little bit. And so I kind of felt like at the end when he says, like, Jack, I swear, that's kind of, like, maybe he's not actually, like, word for word saying, I love you. But that was kind of his way of, like, coming to terms, like you said, like, I swear, like, that this is, like, real and, like, I will never forget you and, like that you were important to me and like it's almost like it was like a vow basically yeah i kind of i kind of think i interpret it the same way it's it just adds more i think more to this like tragic aspect that he has like like sworn his life to him now but it's like it's too late almost like he is vowing himself mm-hmm. to like love him forever but unfortunately to reach that point he almost like had to die like he he, he like couldn't go in August and he had to go in November and he, he like couldn't live with him on this ranch and be this dreamer that Jack was and until like he had to go through this experience of Jack passing away now he can like swear like it had to have this moment mm-hmm. and like now he can finally have this yeah. like sort of catharsis for him maybe I don't mm-hmm. know um, but I think you can yeah. definitely have multiple like meanings from it because it's it is very ambiguous. 
I also yeah. think about another scene that like stood out to me was the one where Linda Cardellini, her character, mm-hmm. she's like she sees him in the diner and she like asks him, "Where did you go?" And she says something. I can't remember what it is word for word, but isn't it something like, like you don't just fall in love for fun or something like that? Or, no, you say, you, you, said, you, you don't fall in love with fun. Like, he's like, I feel like you just, I wasn't with fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of like that. I, like, because I don't know. To me, that like scene like just really stood out to me because I feel like it finally came across to him. Like, not only was he like hurting other people, but like he was almost like in there in a similar situation where like. I don't know. Like, maybe he didn't want to believe that he was in love, and that was kind of, like, her saying, like, I don't know. Like, it, I feel like that could have spoken to him in a way that, like, he was in love. Yeah. It also could be, like, he, but whenever... just, like... Like, whenever he would go on these trips with Jack, that all he kind of thought of it was, like, this fun, and, like, it, it just totally changed from the way his marriage was. Like, it was his marriage was, like, very mm-hmm. boring and not fun, and he didn't enjoy it. So when he would go with Jack, it would be this fun thing. And then Linda Cardellini is the one that's telling him, yeah. well, you don't fall in love with just fun, which is what Jack has believed this whole time. Like, he's been in love with who he is and not, like, the experiences they share. So maybe maybe yeah. she's trying to mean that, and, like, that's the moment that he realizes, oh, I do really love him. I'm not in love with, like, the experiences I've had with him, but, like, who he is. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's like what it's more than just like a physical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I think before maybe, but uh, this may be me like stretching, but I feel like perhaps for Elise Ennis's character that, um, like the whole time it wasn't necessarily Jack. Like it didn't have to be Jack for a while. Like it could have just been anything. It was like, it was more like this, like pent up, like sexual thing. Uh, like that he didn't have with his like his wife and that it was just it could have been any man mm-hmm. and for Jack's character it, it had always been Ennis and he had always fallen in love with him whereas Ennis had always just fallen in love with the like notion of like this a man and so maybe it wasn't until that point when she says that line that he realizes oh I'm not in love with the experiences of the man but I'm in love with Jack um Okay, something that I, I wanted a clarification on, too, was, like, when Jack says that he went to Mexico, is he implying that he was sleeping with men in Mexico? And that's why, like, Ennis got so mad? Oh, I didn't think of that. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Well, he says, like, I know what they have for guys like you in Mexico. And then... Jake Gyllenhaal saying, like, well, I can't just, like, hook up with, like, you know, hook up in high altitude um, once or twice a year and be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe Mexico's so supposed to... That's why re- I was, like... Yeah, so maybe Mexico's supposed to, like, represent, like, he wants this, like, consistency, he wants this, like, this love that he's not just getting, he's not being satisfied with um Ennis's character so mm-hmm. he Mexico represents mm-hmm. the life that he wants with Ennis but he's not getting so he goes to Mexico to do that um maybe I didn't pick up on that but yeah, yeah maybe Mexico is often used as like oh let's like escape to Mexico 
Yeah. Like I feel like Mexico is often referred to as that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like a place um, of hiding, but also a place of freedom. Yeah, I think that's definitely why Jack brought up in the first place. He's like, we should just go to Mexico, like start a new life there, because it's like this escape. Um, so yeah, I, I could I could see that. Um, I didn't think of that, but yeah. Um, another thing I want to mention is just uh, at the end when after Jack died, um, Heath Ledger talks to Michelle Williams on the phone and has this conversation mm-hmm. and. I don't know, maybe maybe there's no like up for debate about this, but I was I think maybe it was a little ambiguous to me of whether the wife knows exactly how Jack died. Like do you think she yeah. knows that he died from like men beating him up because he was gay? Yeah, I think she knew. She just didn't want to say that. Right. But yeah, no, that phone call was very interesting to me too because she was very cold. Yeah, I mean, the way her tone represented it, it sounded like she knew, but at the same time, she didn't know who was, like, Ennis was at first. Like, she was talking on the phone, and she didn't know who this guy was, and then eventually she was like, well, you were this guy from, like, a long time ago. So I feel like she at least, she didn't know who Ennis was, or, like, didn't know she he had a relationship with this guy named Ennis, you know? Like, she might have mm-hmm. pieced together that he was gay, but I don't think she found out about the relationship. Just then yeah maybe she just pieces together on the phone or something i don't know right i think yeah i think when but yeah i find jack and um what's his wife's name what, 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 lauren yeah lorraine not like that i found their relationship very interesting because in the beginning it seemed like there was like you know there was like some chemistry and they really cared for each other and even like when jack stands up for like his wife when like the father like no you should be watching football after she, like, spent all this time cooking dinner. But then by the end, Jack even says, like, they could do their relationship over the phone. Right. And he, like, dances, like, with another woman, basically, right in front of her, and she's just like, okay. Yeah. So there's definitely troubles, I think, in their marriage, and I think she realized that he was gay or was at least like cheating on her because he he was cheating on her with that mm-hmm. Anna Ferris's character like that's yeah what, so I don't know necessarily if like she knew that he was gay maybe she just knew that he was cheating on her and that's why he got, got beat up and she was so ashamed of that that she didn't want to admit that to him on the phone but I think yeah once Heath Ledger mentions that when he reveals to her that Brokeback Mountain is like not this made-up place that Jack had but it's actually the place where they met, I think then she pieced the dots together mm-hmm. that, uh, no, like he yeah, was gay and that too. was the relationship was with Jack. And that was why she got so angry at the end and like kind of just cut him off and hung up. Just hangs up. Yeah. No, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of, it's sad because both of these men, uh, maybe maybe it's sadder for the wives' perspective that both of these like wives realize that their mm-hmm. husbands didn't necessarily love them, or at least maybe like how we were talking, they love them in the same way that they did. Um, they have I to think, accept it, yeah. Yeah, I think the difference is that Heath Ledger really did love his wife, at least for like a long time, and he was struggling mm-hmm. between Jack and his wife, 
and you didn't know what to choose and you didn't know who he was. But I think Jack from the, from the beginning that he met Ledger and like bef- literally before his wife, I think he was in love with Ennis and that his wife was like never yeah. meant anything to him. And I think that is why she's so like heartbroken at the end because she realizes that even before Jack met but her. I wouldn't say that he didn't mean anything to her because like I said, there's a whole like Thanksgiving, I mean, it wasn't Thanksgiving, like the dinner scene where he like sticks up for his wife against like her father. That's true. Yeah, but it definitely seemed like out of place. Like the, even the way like Anne Hathaway reacts to that yeah. is like she's never seen that before. That's why she and gives this little smug that- smile. Yeah, no, I think you're right because he also the father does say something like, "Oh, he's a boy; he should be watching football." So maybe he's reacting to that more than anything. Right, because Jack is is not that way, and so that's like the first time Jack mm-hmm. has ever taken a stance on his like relationship with his marriage. Um, yeah, it just adds to this contrast that like Ennis and Jack have is just Jack has never really been fully committed to her, um, besides like maybe that one instance, but he has always just been in love with Ennis and Ennis has always been in this conflict mm-hmm. and I guess that's to represent just like yeah. the two types of or two of the types of people that exist in like the gay community there's one that struggles um maintaining both like family and the person you love and then there's the one that's Jack that's willing mm-hmm. to like give it all up and just be with the person you love and be happy um and it just mm-hmm. depends on the experience that, or the perspective that you take. Like, is Jack a dreamer, or is he being naive, or is he choosing the happier life? Because, and it's at the end of the movie, yeah. is it's a tragedy. He's sad. He he didn't get either. Um, he at the end, but he was he's also alone, being yeah. rational and logical throughout the movie. And for a while, you could side with him. It just really, it really depends. I feel like at the end of the movie, you could really either decide who, mm-hmm. which life was better, and. But really, they're both sad. Like Jack dies, he didn't doesn't get yeah, to have this tragic, yeah. his dream like world, and Heath Ledger is equally sad because he didn't get either. Like they're both. I mean, Heath Ledger might as well be dead. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, it's 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 really just it's a tragedy on both ends, and they both have completely yeah. opposite perspectives and views on the world but they basically end up in the same place and mm-hmm. you know it's yeah no i agree it really leaves an impact i think um yeah um so we're almost running out of time uh are there any other points that you really wanted to go into before we kind of close a little bit no that i feel like we covered mm-hmm. good good bit yeah um so i guess we'll we'll end with um I guess uh, your overall thoughts on and did our discussion, you know, change anything? Cause like our immediate reaction, um, you said you really liked no, it. No, I did. feel like I love it even more. Like after talking <laughs> about it, and like yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's a great movie. Yeah, I agree. I think as we were having this conversation, I kind of realized like this this contrast between the two. Like I, I like the literally last five minutes, I was like, oh yeah, no, I get it now. And then that, this is me blabbering about me finally understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I even love it even more now. It's it's, it's really, it's yeah, a true tragedy and it really shines a light on at least, especially in 2005 when it came out, like the perspective that is not often shown in film and just like the perspective of like the gay community. And I think it really brought a lot of attention to that. Um, and that's how there's multiple perspectives and multiple lives that like people 
can live like that. Um, and they, but that doesn't mean one is any better or worse than the other. They both go through hard times. And it's really a powerful message. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll close then with, uh, would you recommend this movie? Is there any caveat to that? Yeah, 100%. I don't think I have any. Yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, no, I agree. I think anyone can really appreciate this movie. Um, I took a poll before on, on the Instagram, um, and people responded in the, whether like their thoughts on the movie. And it was, it was weirdly split between 70 and 30. People, 70% loved the movie and 30% hated it. Um, huh. which is interesting. I, I didn't think it would be as divisive as that. Um, but yeah, no, um, I def I would recommend it to anyone. I don't, I don't see particularly any problem with it. Um, I feel like yeah, if you, whether you like romance, whether you like dramas, if you kind of like the western stuff, like I feel mm-hmm. like there's something in there for anyone. Yeah, and I think the, the converse, like the idea of this duality and this like just contrast between these two people, is just something that anyone can like pick up on and kind of like, even if you're not like gay or can't relate to this at all like i feel like there's a lot to be taken out of it and it's almost more important for yeah. those, the people who don't relate to it at all to watch it because it shines a light on these experiences that you wouldn't otherwise um seen or know about yeah um so mm-hmm. i think regardless of like your like sexual preference or anything i, I think it's, it's definitely something you should be watching um yeah yeah, so I don't think there's any caveat. I think you should just recommend it wholeheartedly to anybody. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I guess right. that, that kind of wraps it up. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out yeah, of your schedule. Yeah, thanks for having me. On. <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem. Okay, uh, about wraps it up for this week. We're going to have a new episode uh, next week, and uh, we're still deciding between two movies. Uh, there will be a poll later on in the week and you guys can decide um which would be fun uh so until then okay. all right bye nick <laughs> love you love you too okay bye, bye. <laughs>